Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. Sports, entertainment, little to no culture. It's time for Unsportsmanlike Conduct with Ed Graney and Adam Hill. Hey, welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports and presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal and Blue Wire. We're your hosts, Ed Graney and Adam Hill. We're here each week to give you our thoughts on the Las Vegas Raiders while entering the world of news and topics we find interesting. Here we go. Another week, Adam. Um, we are we're uh, recording this on Wednesday, so tomorrow will be another OTA day for the Raiders. Um, I think you and I will have Golden Knights duties instead of that. But uh, let's get to the Raiders real quick because last week um, we did not talk about the Jimmy G foot injury, the surgery he had, why you and I sat in a media room for three hours when he didn't come in the first day and we were wondering why. I think you actually made the uh, point that he might have failed his physical. We now know he did. Um, what what did you make of, of the entire story in terms of his foot and, and then what they did contractually to kind of protect themselves maybe in case this surgery didn't go well and this guy can't start the season? Yeah, I think you, you going back to the beginning is the right move there. I mean, I think this is something that dates back to the day that he signed and if you remember, and, and you kind of pointed it out there, but we all gathered for a press conference and we were waiting and waiting and waiting. And, you know, I I thought, and a couple other people thought, I think the same thing, that it had to be something to do with his physical. He was coming off the foot injury. We thought there was something there. Um, and then when he was finally asked about it the next day, because they finally sent us home, they didn't have a press conference. The next day we came back, we did have the press conference. The deal was signed and you know, we kind of kept pushing. Was this physical related? Was there something with the foot injury? And we were told repeatedly by both Garoppolo's side and uh, the Raiders' side that no, that was not the case. Some minor, minor details in the language of the contract. They finally worked it out. They were good to go. And that's not really a lie. I mean, that's that's kind of true. That's what happened. They finally worked out the details and uh, they moved forward. But uh, the bottom line is there was something with his physical. He didn't pass it and he, he won't pass it now. He was going to have surgery and uh, they had to move forward from that. So uh, a very strange situation, one that we kind of knew was happening, but it was denied so much and so vehemently that I think we all just kind of accepted the answer at the time. And, um, you know, it's it's clearly uh, something that was a bigger deal than we thought. But I think also you kind of look forward at the situation and say, all right, uh, the Raiders clearly believed it was an issue. Uh, they wanted to have some protections in case it was a bigger issue and some that lingered. But at the same time, I think when we point that out, we do have to also point out the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo clearly thinks it's not an issue. There is no chance on planet Earth that Jimmy Garoppolo and his agent would have signed this deal if they thought there was any possibility that he was going to miss part of the season. So they believe he's going to be fine. They wouldn't have signed this deal if that was the case. Again, if they did think that was the case, they would have not signed with anybody. They would have withdrawn from this deal and gone and waited and became a free agent and signed wherever they wanted to uh, for more favorable circumstances where they don't have to guarantee that he's going to be okay. Uh, it just wouldn't have happened. So his side absolutely believes he's fine. The Raiders aren't so sure. I think that's what we can definitely read into this contract language. Expound on that, though, because uh, we can they can cut him um, and not lose any money, right? It won't go against the dead cap hit. I think that's what people wonder about. It's just as simple as if he doesn't recover – and he can't start game one, they can just move on from him and it will cost them nothing? Yeah. If he if he can't pass a physical at some point, if the, if 
the Raiders doctors aren't comfortable enough with him to pass a physical. And I, you know, I, I am interested in seeing exactly like how a second opinion would potentially work. If the Raiders, you know, let's say they get toward the season and the Raiders don't like where Jimmy Garoppolo is. Cause they just say, Hey, our doctor failed him. Um, I don't think that's the case. I think there's going to be safeguards against that, but um, yeah, if he can't pass a physical or if he can't play, they can cut him with no penalty. And it's like the deal never happened. And if that happened, that means Jimmy Garoppolo would then have to still be injured, have to sign somewhere, have to learn an offense, be so far behind that he'd have no chance of starting a game for anyone this year. Like, I don't think him and his agent would allow that to happen if they had any doubts whatsoever about his health. So they believe this surgery that he got. And again, let's, let's go back even further. Um, when he had the injury last year, the Liz Frank injury with the 49ers, they did not do surgery because they thought he'd be able to recover without surgery. And it turned out he did need surgery. So he could have got it in the middle of last year. He would have been fine by the end of the season, you know, supposedly. And they wouldn't have to worry about this. But they chose to pursue a different path to recovery uh, without doing the surgery. And, you know, it cost him this offseason. But, um, you know, I, I, again, I, I think the the biggest thing that came out about this language to me is that the Raiders were obviously concerned. But even bigger is that Jimmy Garoppolo does not think he's going to be injured going into the season. He thinks he's going to be healthy by the time the season starts. And I think that's maybe the most important takeaway. From this. Okay. So let's say he's not, um, there's a lot of yeah. I guess, different ways they can go. And let's just say the Jimmy Garoppolo experiment doesn't work out. He can't pass the physical. They've got to make a decision here. Um, I'm going to throw some, uh, uh, you know, situations out at you uh, in terms of what you would do if you were Dave Ziegler in to start with. Um, let's say he's just not ready to go. You have Brian Hoyer, you have the rookie they drafted, Aiden. Um, or do you think your first thought would be who else is out there? Who can we get off the street? Who we might be able to trade for? Do you think that's the first thought? Or do you think that who they have in there, they'll look to see to, um, you know, maybe make that guy the guy? Well, look, what a lack of respect for Chase Garber, is it? Chase is out there plugging away, Chase. We only got to watch one practice so far, but Chase was out there slinging the ball around. All right, he's slinging it. He's slinging it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what you have against Chase, but uh, put some respect on his name. Uh, Chase Garbers could be in that mix. Um, look, to me, if Jimmy Garoppolo is not ready and he can't go, it's full-out tanking season at that point. I mean, right. I, I don't think there's any question. I think you not, – not, not saying it publicly, but I think internally – no, I think you throw Aiden O'Connell to the Wolves and just see what happens. Uh, and then hopefully for you as a team, he loses every game. I mean, I think that would be uh, that would be the ideal situation if Grappolo doesn't work out. Uh, but again, I also I also want to point out not not only does Jimmy Garoppolo appear to have full confidence in himself, um, but I also think that the Raiders have confidence that Garoppolo is going to be healthy because who else did they pursue in the draft and in free agency in terms of quarterbacks? Nobody. Like they, they seem like they are. They're all in on him being healthy. Uh, so I feel like that tells you that they believe he's going to be okay. But yeah, to me, I don't think there's any. I don't think you're going out and trying to make a trade or a deadline deal or excuse me, not a, not a deadline deal, but something right before free agency or uh, uh, training camp. I'm, I this is the words I'm looking for. Ed, uh, I don't think you go make a deal right before training camp or even try to find somebody that gets cut late in training camp make a trade for that person. I, I don't think you do that. Uh, to me, it's, look, it didn't work out. We're going to go find our quarterback in the future in the draft next year. Uh, let's go for the all-out tank and just play at O'Connell. Like, that would, be, that would be what I would do. Um, but, again, who, the, the problem that the current administration has is 
if they do fully tank and if Mark Davis is not on board, uh, if for you know a year with the Super Bowl is here, do you really want to have your team um, around the Super Bowl talking about how they went you know one and sixteen or two and fifteen? Uh, I don't think that that's necessarily what you want. So um, it's a tough choice, and you have to have the approval of ownership and Mark Davis in order to make that move and to say, you know, we're going to tank, we're going to lose every game, we're going to try to get Caleb Williams, and, um, you know, you have to be on board because if we do that, we better know that we're going to be here for the long term. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the SCN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. Hey, I'm not, I, I agree with you. I just think that I, I just have a feeling if you give him 2-15 and 15 and 7-10, and 10, I, I don't know why. He just seems to want to win every game and win at everything. And um, maybe they could convince him because there's Caleb Williams and there's other good quarterbacks in this, at the top of this draft coming out. Um, maybe we'll ask you about your mock draft here in a second. but. I just get the feeling that it would take a big, big conversation and a lot of convincing to make sure he knew what the, you know, the upside was of tanking, especially, and you make a good point in the year of the Super Bowl being here in in Las Vegas. um, Does he want people coming to town with his team having just finished one and 16 or two and 15? That's a really good point. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you're right. I think it would be a tough sell. I mean, he does come from the family of just win baby, right? He's, he's kind of said that like his dad has. So, uh, tanking goes against that philosophy, but at some point, it's the right thing to do. And again, I'm not saying going into the season they should. Um, you sign Jimmy Garoppolo, you have a quarterback. Go. Uh, for, I mean, you have one of the best players in the league on offense and one of the best players in the league on defense, right? Uh, it's tough to say that that team should be tanking. So if you have Garoppolo and he's healthy, go go for it. That's fine. Uh, but if he's not there, like I don't think you try to patch a hole. I think you just say, you know didn't work out we're going to go find our quarterback next year and to do that we have to lose some games and um if you're not on board sorry but that's what the best thing the worst thing for any franchise really is to be seven and ten or eight and nine like that's the worst season you can yeah, have. it's always that's always the worst thing miss the playoffs and you're in purgatory yeah. In the draft yeah now if you're if you're in a team on the rise like i'll just use the lions uh, for an example or you know the jaguars last year who did who did sneak in the playoffs because they were in a bad division but if you're one of those teams that has everything in place and you're just learning like seven and ten isn't that bad. Like you're you're learning how to win, you're building a foundation, all those things. But if you're a team like the Raiders, who don't have a quarterback in the future in place, who have some older players who are really really good, um, and you're kind of wasting their prime, seven and ten is the worst. I, I think you'd much rather be if you're any any objective at all. If you're a fan or with the team, I think you'd much rather be one and sixteen than seven and ten. Jimmy Garoppolo can't go. We get uh, we get the rookie in there. What's the response from Devontae Adams? Well, I think we've already heard the response from Devontae Adams. <laughs> Look, when Devontae spoke to the ringer and when he spoke to Brandon Marshall, when he spoke to us last week, Devontae knew the situation with Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think it's much easier now to understand what he was talking about, uh, knowing what we know. That he knew that we didn't know. Uh that the situation that they're in that you know, whatever chemistry they were going to try to build this offseason, they can't because Jimmy Garoppolo is not out there. Now he can do other things like, you know, throw the ball around, uh, or excuse me, not throw it around, but he can he can be in meetings and, you know, watching film and, and developing, as he said, a relationship off the field. If you go to dinner with a guy, that builds up your relationship. That builds up your chemistry. That helps you develop those things, even if you can't practice together. So they can do all those things, but they can't work on timing. They can't work on 
uh, patterns and that sort of thing if Garoppolo's not out there. So I think what Devontae said, what he said, he understood that, you know, they signed Garoppolo, but they didn't sign anybody else. And I think now in retrospect, that might be what he was talking about. Because we were all trying to figure out exactly what he meant. And he said, hey, this is not about Jimmy. Well, how could it not be about Jimmy if you're talking about the direction that they went with the quarterback? He may have just meant, look, they didn't get a backup plan in case Jimmy doesn't work out. That could have been what Devonta was referring to without saying it in so many words. So um, I think you understand it a little bit more knowing what we know now that we didn't know then, which is, you know, something definitely to, to think about. And I think it's pretty clear. He said, look, I've earned, a, you know, I've earned my opinion. And, um, you know, Josh McDaniel said the same thing. He's earned uh, his opinion in this league. He can speak out. He can say things uh, because he's earned that. Uh, but we didn't really fully understand it. Now I think we do a little bit better. We have a little bit clearer picture. Also talked to Max Crosby last week, uh, wants to be the best ever at his position. I don't think he, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, he's not getting involved in this controversy, at least right now, at least yet he's on the defensive side of the ball. They've got enough problems to worry about over there to try to get better. Anything he said interests you in terms of where he's at with his mindset? Um, look, I mean, Max is a lot of the same things. Max is a guy that we've talked to, um, you know, in the off season a little bit, seen him at some events and gotten his take. And I know talking to him about the Pro Bowl, he was trying to talk about, you know, finding a little bit of a balance of having some off season and enjoying your family and recharging. And uh, when I asked him last week about that, he said, no, it didn't happen. Um, I'm going a million miles an hour every day because I don't want to waste any time uh, that I could be preparing and getting better. So um, a little bit, a little bit of a change from what he said uh, back at the Pro Bowl. He, he did say he was taking a little shorter time off this year, but turns out he really didn't take any time off. Uh, at all. So uh, I, I feel like, like I've always felt about Max that he's incredibly driven that he wants nothing but to be the best player in the league. And he wants anybody that even when he gets to that point where he is considered the best, he doesn't want anybody to be able to say, well, what about this guy? Like he wants to not only be the best, but eliminate any kind of doubt. Uh, so that's, that's the level that he's at right now. And I think uh, it's the right goal to have when you're where he is, which is, you know, most likely I would say easily a top five, top six, defensive end in the league like the next step is to be the best and I he might be I'm not saying he's not uh but you know it's within his grasp it's not like an unreasonable goal you're not talking about a guy that's like the 30th best player talking about one of the guys that's top five in his position and he should want to be the best and he should want to want to eliminate all doubts of him uh problems with the long snapper uh, I mean look I, I it's a position I follow very closely um, I'm all about the special teams all the time uh, I thought last week there was early on in, in practice some snaps that were not ideal. Uh, but I also want to say, let's give this crew the benefit of the doubt. It was their really their first practice out on the field of the offseason. A long way to go before even training camp starts, much less the season. Um, I'm sure he's good. I'm sure there's also some bias that, you know, Trent Sieg was obviously such a big part of this team and such a good guy. Uh, it's tough to see teams move on from a guy. But, hey, if you move on and you play well and nothing happens and there's no – ill effects and good. And look, Trent C committed a couple of penalties last year. I know that was part of the issue. I still feel uh, like part of the problem that the coaching staff had with Trent C was that uh, they had no, it wasn't with Trent C in particular. It's the one room where there was no guys uh, that they brought in themselves. All three players were players that were holdovers from the previous regime. And all three were very, very good. Some of the best at their position. So it was tough to move on from them. But I think they wanted to have a voice in that room, and, and they weren't going to have it as long as those three guys were kind of their own island, talking about Trent C., Daniel Carlson, and A.J. Cole. They're their own island. And, and I don't think the, you know, the, the front office and the coaching staff was entirely comfortable with that. 
Uh, and so you're not going to get rid of the punter or the kicker. You move on from the long snapper, which you, you hope nobody notices. But don't notice. If he makes some mistakes, it'll be noticed. How can you have the thought process that all three are really good, but just because one of our guys isn't in the room, especially the special teams room, nothing against the special teams. I know you love it and you follow it closely, but if they're all competent at what they do, I just, I think that's just such a short-sighted opinion. If that's what it was that they needed a voice in the special teams room, because when they got here, all those three guys were already here and you had three of the guy, three of the best guys in the business. Well, look, it's only my opinion. Nobody necessarily said that, but I'll also point out, like, this is not something new. This is something Josh McDaniels did with the Broncos. Uh, it's something that, you know, the story that we've heard from a lot of people that were around that team at that time, that uh, he came in and got rid of the long snapper almost immediately, just knowing that, hey, I want my own people. And so, yeah, the, the Raiders, I think, I would argue uh, from when you consider kickoffs, punts, and uh, field goals, I think the Raiders have the best special teams unit in the league. Uh, I do believe it's the best one. And so my argument would be, and I wrote the column about this, and a lot of people read it, so thank you out there who's listening, but uh, my opinion would be you don't mess with it. But if you think you can be better, which they clearly do, and if you think you need a voice, again, my opinion, but I thought that that was part of it, um, then you make those moves. But again, it better work, right? Because now you always expect perfection out of a long snapper, no matter what. The only time we really talk about them is when they, things don't go well. But, man, if you've had this unbelievable unit for the last couple of years and you mess with it, it better go well. And it, there better not be any mistakes because that will that'll, that'll be magnified so much, not only by us and the media and the fans, but in that room. I mean, if, you, if you've had this great special teams unit and they start to make some mistakes because you mess with that chemistry and that, and that routine, then the other players will say, what were they doing? Why would they do that? And so they'll notice, too. Uh, I want to end with this, and uh, I know uh, I want to get your thoughts on Tom Brady going back to the Garoppolo situation. Um, it's going to take a lot of votes from those owners, not only to make him a partial owner, but then if he wanted to come back and play, I don't think he's going to come back and play um, if he is voted in as a partial owner. Uh, have you given any thought to that many owners, uh, given who Brady is and how much he won and beat them over the years, that you'd at least get you could at least get that much support from these guys? that he could be a partial owner and also a player? No, literally zero chance. And uh, I'll tell you why in a second. But also, the clarification I'm still looking for, and I've kind of asked about it, don't really know for sure yet, is are you an owner when you invest or when the vote actually happens? Because w until the vote happens, he doesn't need votes from anybody. They can withdraw They can withdraw it, I think, unless you start counting as an owner when you make the transaction that you're not formally approved until the vote happens. But do you still own a stake in that interim time, which I think is interesting uh, to to kind of note here. But if, if he doesn't actually take ownership of his stake until the vote happens, they can just withdraw that and they don't have to have a vote. Um, so I'm, I'm very interested in exactly the business dynamics of that and the accounting of that uh, before we move on to it. But to, to the point of if there has to be a vote, and again, if he does have ownership stake, there has to be a vote. And it's not a 50-50 vote. It's not even a 75%. It has to be a unanimous vote of the owners to allow that to happen. And I've heard a lot of people ask it the same way you have of, hey, all these owners don't like Brady. He's done so much to them over the years, not only of all the cheating accusations, but beating them so many times and dominating them. Why would they give Brady the benefit of the doubt? It's not even about that. It's not about Brady. It's about the precedent that you set 
in, in circumventing the salary cap. And you can't just say, hey, that's a one-time thing. We're going to let this happen. It'll be fun to watch. This is cool. You can't do that. You'd have to make a rule change that people that are, that are owners uh, can't play or they can play. That would have to be the rule change. And so you know what happens next week? Joe Burrow signs an extension for $12 million a year and takes partial ownership of the team. And you circumvent the salary cap that way because you yeah, allow you that pay, to happen. You pay, him, you pay him a dollar. Of course. And so that's why this can't happen. It's not just about Brady and how they feel about him and, hey, wouldn't this be a fun story? Because if that was the case, I actually think the owners might approve it. I think they might go for it. But you can't set that precedent. Um, you just can't allow that to happen because of the ramifications. Uh, down the road in terms of other guys exploiting this and taking advantage of it. So that's why the rule's in place. That's why the vote's not going to happen. Um, we just need to know exactly when he counts as an owner. Is it when he makes the payment and the investment, which I believe already happened, or is it when the vote actually takes place, which I think that's what it is. I don't think he's an official part owner until the vote takes place. So I think they can still withdraw it and he can just play. I don't think that's going to happen. Me neither. I don't think he, I don't think he plays again. I don't think he plays with the Raiders. I do think he tries to get this partial ownership. And I, I mean, I, if if it's just the partial ownership and nothing to do with him playing, I would think they'd approve that. I would think so. I would think so too. Yeah. Then if if, if, if in, in an isolated circumstance, I think they absolutely would. VGK for us over the next week. Um, we got to do our predictions uh, in the newspaper. Um, you and I headed to Florida with Ben Goats and others uh, from the newspaper. Um, you excited about the VGK upcoming uh, Stanley Cup final? Um, I think anytime you have a championship series, it's exciting for sure. It's fun. It's you know. It, opportunity to take the uh, cross-country flight to South Florida and uh, check out some hockey and see a market that's going to be very, very fired up for not only hockey, but also NBA finals, which are going to be going on the exact, you know, every other day right along with uh, with the Knights and Panthers as it lines up. So I think that's exciting. Anytime you can have a potential championship parade on the horizon, that's exciting. Uh, I think it's big, and I think it's big for the city and for Raiders fans, too. I mean, you want to see championships in here. You want to see this be a big-time sports town, and even if you're a Raiders fan that doesn't care about the Knights, I think that part of it would be cool. I know, look, I'm sure Mark Davis right, would rather have um, We start out Saturday covering that for the people here uh, listening and everyone who reads the paper. Right before I let you go, though, I want to ask you, because I want to come back to this real quick. Um, I know you've already started thinking about it. Who's who's your second quarterback to Caleb Williams in the draft that these guys actually tank? It's Drake May. I think Drake May is definitely going to be the guy, at least for right now. I mean, Michael Penix is really good. I want to see how he plays during the season. But uh, right now, Drake May is the guy to watch at number two. Uh, but it's so far and away Caleb Williams to me. I, I know people are making the case for May, but um, Caleb Williams by far won. And then there's a little bit of a battle for two. Uh, behind him. Hey, did you see where your Michigan Wolverines are going to host UNLV on the main CBS? On CBS, I know, and I'll have to find a place in Denver to watch it because it'll be the day before the Raiders open the season against the Broncos. Oh, is that when it is? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I was going to... Uh, oh, man. So it's it's the same weekend as the Raiders opener against the Broncos? Yep. Unfortunately, I was hoping that'd be the week that they played at Detroit. So we'd get a uh, Raiders at Detroit and UNLV at Michigan, but right. we are not that fortunate. We'll, we'll have to find a place in Denver. Yeah, we're going to have to find a place. CBS, we actually can watch the Rebels. Yeah, it'll be fun. All right, buddy. I know I'll see you this week uh, covering the Golden Knights and uh, all that we have in front of us. Uh, great job here. Uh, wealth of information, obviously, from you again for the people listening. That's going to do for our latest edition of Unsportsmanlike Conduct with the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal and Blue Wire. Remember, there are new episodes of Vegas Nation three times a week. Subscribe to Vegas Nation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcasting app. Find all that coverage and more at VegasNation.com. 
For our producer, Larry Meir, and my co-host, Adam Hill, I'm Ed Graney. We'll talk to you next week, likely from Florida. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there.